0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Welcome to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. This is your pilot, John Lafferty, with Century 21 Town & Country.
1: And your co-pilot, Tony Abate, with Ross Mortgage. And we are your real estate pilots. Our job is to be a real estate advocate and also make sure you're educated about the buying process. We'll keep you informed throughout until we get your safety closed. Safely closed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you meant. In a real estate purchase, there are many reasons the sale can encounter turbulence. Today, we are going to discuss a few of these bumps that can occur with the seller's disclosure.
1: Yeah, John, this is, a, this is a good topic, and as the lender, this is something that kind of comes into, into our world after the fact, and so we're not involved in, in the Q&A of, uh, of what a seller has to go through uh, when they complete it, and we're not involved in the discussion when a purchaser reviews that seller's disclosure uh, and, and how that affects their, their, their buying decision. So talk a little bit about that, if you would, and, and, and how you discuss that with, with buyers and sellers. Sure.
0: When I sit down with a seller and go through the seller's disclosure with them, there's always questions that come up. What do I check here? What are they asking here? The questions on there are pretty straightforward, but there's always questions about what exactly it's looking for. And in the end, really what it's just looking for is information disclosure to provide to a buyer so that they're going to make an informed decision. And really and truly what a seller's disclosure is going to offer to um, a buyer is any defects in the property, functionality of items and encroachments. It's basically what it boils down to. Um, So let's talk about defects. Does the basement leak? Uh, does the backyard flood? Is there problems with pl- plumbing? Um, those are some those are some defects. Functionality: Is the roof solid? Does it leak? Um, does the electric panel work? Uh, is the furnace functional? And when we talk about encroachments, and a couple of examples of that would be: Is the home near a landfill, railroad tracks? Is it part of a homeowner's association and there's common areas or you share fences in common with neighbors? So those are some of the things that you're, you're kind of disclosing to a buyer to give them information um, and there's other things on there as well whether or not appliances work and what a home has and doesn't have if it's a septic or or sewer system or well water or community uh, or it's connected to city water. Uh, so those are things I think that are important and uh, one of the one of the reasons I want to talk about this today, Tony, was because I had posted something and I had a friend he uh, uh this was not through facebook, so mm-hmm. he he text he he posted something and he said hey that's that's great that um that uh, that you have to disclose that a house has a, 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 an aggressive spirit living there. <laughs> I guess there's no better way to a ghost, I guess if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So it's a law in New York State that if a seller is aware that a home has uh, an angry spirit or a ghost <laughs> living in the residence that you have to disclose that." It's state law, wow. mm-hmm. and we we started talking, and he said he started asking me about Michigan. And I said, "Well, Michigan, we don't have to do that. That is not something that's on our seller's disclosure. It's not something that has to be disclosed. Yeah. No ghost law. Huh? Yeah. Uh, no ghost law. Uh, yeah. And and just to sort of go along with that, in California, if somebody's died in the home." Within the last three years, that has to be disclosed okay. up front. You have to be uh, – uh, that has uh, you have to make a buyer aware of that. Hmm. In Michigan, we don't have to do that. Wow. It's not something okay. that they have to disclose. Now, of course, the caveat to that is if asked, a seller must disclose if they have knowledge that someone passed okay. away in the home, someone was murdered in the home. Uh, you have to disclose that. And same thing goes with the listing agent if the listing agent is aware of that and is asked they must disclose oh, what happens if they don't they're liable huh. they could be sued for that yeah, yeah. so that's that's important information and, uh, and and I I feel like the the reason for that is because if something horrific happened in a house a murder uh, a suicide something along those lines, it can have a detriment on the value of the home. Uh, Public perception of that home as, uh, uh, well, I mean, geez, let's go back to the Manson murders, right? That home was bulldozed and destroyed because there was such a stigma attached to that home because of what happened there. That home was always associated with that horrific event that happened there. Mm -hmm. So it it doesn't exist anymore. That home does not exist. And and so – in this instance as well, if people really have uh, an aversion to living in a home where somebody passed away, which some people do. Some mm-hmm. people don't care. It's no big deal. As long as somebody passed away peacefully, um, they don't have an issue with it. Uh, but some people do. Yeah. And so that's, it's something that if you if you want to know that, you have your realtor ask or you ask the seller yourself. Yeah. Um, it's something that I think- you know you you should know if it's something that's concerning to you
1: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And all these things. And it's all about putting all the cards on the table, isn't it? Uh, just to make sure that people know what's up. But I think you know, talk a little bit about if you would. Uh, a seller's disclosure is just that. It is the seller's representation of what's going on. And you know, is a buyer safe in looking at a seller's disclosure and saying, "All right, based on what I'm seeing here, I'm going to forego the inspection." I don't. I don't think that's probably a fair conclusion no. for a buyer, right? Okay. And yeah. Oh
0: no. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that if you would. Uh, sure. So. Uh, uh, the you're right. The seller's disclosure is just that. It's a seller's representation of what's going on with the house. And But these are all things that a seller learns over time. So, yeah, he knows that in a heavy downpour, there's a trickle in the basement of water. He's going to disclose that. However, he may not have, in his wisdom, figured out that the reason why – In a heavy downpour, it's doing that. Is oh, this part of the driveway is slanted towards the house. There's no, uh, there's no sealant between the house and the driveway, and so in a heavy downpour, it just pools there, and then the water finds a way down. Well, what an inspector is going to do is an inspector is going to walk around the exterior of the house and the interior of the house, and they're going to be able to tell you, okay. So this is where the water's coming in, and here's my conclusion as to why. So the solution may be as simple as sealing that concrete Mm -hmm. towards the house, or it could be something as major as the way this driveway is slanted towards the house, it's only going to get worse. You've got a problem, you've got erosion of the soil underneath the concrete pads, and as we continue to go month after month, year after year, it's only going to slant more and you're only going to end up with more of a problem. Right. Now, Mr. Buyer, you've got a decision to make. Do you continue to move forward and buy the house with the idea that eventually you're going to have to maybe replace a few pads of the driveway or have a concrete company come out, maybe jack them up, level them out? Yeah. It's still a cost, but you make an informed decision at that point. So I, yeah, I never tell buyer to forego an inspection because there's so much to learn sure. in, a, in a buyer inspection. It's, it, the seller's disclosure is really a tool. Uh, it's, it's a tool to use in order to move forward with an inspection. So you kind of know some of the defects, but then you can also learn other things as you go along.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's maybe a guide, but not gospel as far as what's going on with that property. And you know, right. in, in hearing you talk about that, I, if I were in a buyer's shoes right now uh, and I hire that inspector to go through that home, I think I'd have that seller's disclosure in hand. So I could say, Mr. Inspector, tell me what you think about what the seller marked here. Uh, is it a major issue? Is it a minor issue? Does he know what he's talking about? Or where do we go from here?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And the good inspectors I'm at every inspection. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important, I feel, for the buyer's realtor to be at the inspection with the inspector walking around because you get it firsthand from the inspector and you can have a dialogue with them. Uh, There are inspectors out there who will say, oh, okay, um, this is wrong with the heater and this is wrong with the hot water heater and this is wrong with this. And to read that on a piece of paper, you'd say to yourself, ooh. Mm-hmm. That might sound serious, yeah. but in talking with the inspector, okay, what does that really mean? So what are you saying here? So, oh, so you're saying this. Okay. So it's a simple fix like this. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's very simple. Got it. Okay. That doesn't sound like a major item. Right. And so, in, in and also in, in having a dialogue with the inspectors, a lot of the things that I bring up right at the very beginning is, okay, so according to the seller's disclosure, um, there is... Um, an issue that they had with the roof. So when you get up in the attic, you might want to check over by the chimney. There was an issue with the flashing that oh, they say okay. they fixed. So maybe you want to just check, make sure there's no mold there, mm-hmm. make sure that the leak isn't active anymore. Maybe there's some old staining there. But yeah. just to just to guide them so that they kind of are aware of what they they may be looking for with things that the seller has disclosed.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, inspectors are human too. And so uh, they're going to go through their checklist and go through the motions. But if you can tip them off to something that is a concern that was legitimately brought forth by the seller, then maybe they can spend a little extra time. Or maybe give that purchaser some peace of mind and say, this is what the seller is talking about. And this is what it looks like they did to cure it. You're fine. Or, budget for this and be concerned about that, et cetera. Is that a fair way to look at it?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly how you look at it. Um, you're, you're putting this together in your head as you're going through the inspection and one of the things that I never do with uh, with home inspectors play gotcha, mm-hmm. let them go to some areas and say, I'm going to see if they can find where that water <laughs> right. intrusion happened yeah. according to the seller's disclosure and then if they don't find it, hey, you didn't do a good enough. No, not that's, that's not. Customer, no, no. You're all part of a team and the whole point of a team is to avoid turbulence and part of that is working together to find things to give the buyer the most information that they can to make an informed decision do i want to move forward with this purchase or not mm-hmm. and if i do here's what i need to negotiate here's what i want the seller to take care of or give me a credit for, however we want to move forward. Uh, Having all that information is really important to make an informed decision.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's good advice. You know, I think that uh, you know inspections. You know, they're not free. They do cost money. They you know people have to budget time to do that. And I I, I can see where a where a less than informed purchaser might say, "Why do I need to do that?" The seller has told me everything that I need to know. But it, again, it's, it's just what the seller is saying. And, and you know, goodness, uh, if he has if he has a vision problem, he may not see any of the defects, and he he completes a clean seller's disclosure. It doesn't mean the defects aren't there. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: One of the things that uh, that I've come across—did uh, I say across?
1: Acrost. Yeah. <laughs> across,
0: yeah, across. <laughs> that's not a word. Across, across. In the last three, four years, it's I, 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 it's it's been a little more common than I think it should be, and that's you have an investor who owns a home or an absentee owner who's maybe moved away because they've been relocated. And so the tendency is to not fill out a seller's disclosure, just scratch a line through it and say, owner doesn't live here. Owner never lived here Mm -hmm. as an investor or owner. And those are not legitimate reasons not to fill out a seller's disclosure. I will just tell you that, Mm -hmm. Mr. Buyer, Mrs. Buyer, who are out there listening, it is not a legitimate reason to not fill out a seller's disclosure. However... I will also tell you that because of the market that we're in, you as a buyer have a choice to make. Do I accept that and just rely on the inspection Mm -hmm. or do I really put my foot down and say, I will not buy this house unless you provide me with a seller's disclosure filled out to the best of your knowledge, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor. Mr. and Mrs. Owner, who haven't lived here for 20 years, you still know yeah. the repairs that have had to been made to the home because you're being billed for them. You still know if a newer furnace went in there 15 years ago. Yeah. You still know if a basement has had water issues because your tenant is calling and screaming about it, <laughs> either to you or to the property management company, why aren't you disclosing this information? Either A, because you're too lazy, or B... Because you're afraid to disclose right. it. And you're gonna hide behind the line through the seller's disclosure. There's now don't get me wrong, there's there's legitimate reasons to not have to fill out and they 're protected by law and you know it 's it 's probate courts it 's it 's trusts it 's estates um, there 's exemptions for those a foreclosed home they 're exempt from disclosing those things a government entity i should say is is exempt from disclosing those so there are legitimate reasons for not uh, uh, for a seller 's disclosure not being provided but a home that's a, a flip, a quick flip, mm-hmm. you know what you've done to that house. That's you know point. what you've fixed. You know yeah. what you've put into that home. You're, just because you didn't live in it, that's that's not the threshold. Yeah, You've owned that home. You've fixed it up. You need to fill that out. And so – Again, it's a tough thing right now because if you're a buyer, do you put your foot down and say, "I'm not buying this home unless I get one," and they say, Mm. "Okay, fine, we'll move on. We'll we'll find another buyer. Not going to fill one out." That's a good point.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I would think that uh, if a seller wanted to put his best foot forward, even if he did own it as an investment and never lived there, uh, he could probably legitimately straddle the fence and maybe build some confidence in the transaction. I never lived here. However, here's what I know. Here's when I replaced the roof. Here's when I did this. This is what I know. So again, all the cards are on the table. The seller is saying what he knows. I'd have to think that that, number one, it, it puts the seller in the right light and hopefully makes the purchaser be a little more confident too.
0: Agree 100%. Yeah. When in doubt, disclose. Sure. Uh, live by that. And, uh, and so unfortunately, there's uh, quite a few listing agents out there that don't. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to fill it out? no issues. <laughs> hey, wait, you're an investor. We're just going to draw a line through that for you, pal. You mm-hmm. don't have to fill that out. Yeah. It's, it's not the right way to do it.
1: Interesting. And,
0: yeah. uh, but, but you see quite a bit of it simply because of the market that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know,
1: I, I see what you're saying and I've never really put it in that context. You know, when we, when we get it on the lender side, we, you know, we assume just that they never live there. We're done. But from the buyer seller perspective, it, it's different. You know, they do have the right to know whatever the seller is aware of.
0: Mm -hmm. And obviously, if they decide to move forward without that, Mm -hmm. that's their decision to make and accept that and just rely on the inspection. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've always been interested in Mm -hmm. is whether or not a seller's disclosure is checked on the purchase agreement as being part of the purchase agreement, a lender still requires to see it. Yeah. I'm curious, what's a lender looking for in that seller's disclosure? What's the red flag, red yeah. flags that a lender's going to say, whoa, 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 slow the train here. We need further information on this or uh, this is a no-go based on sure. what's here. Yeah. If you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's a fair question. You know, the what what folks will often say is this has nothing to do with the loan. Why is the lender sticking their nose in this? And 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 we are a nosy lot. I, I will admit that because we got a lot <laughs> of we got a lot at stake. But but here's here's the rationale behind that. Uh, it's a required disclosure, so we know it's out there. And the idea is, uh, if there's something that is material that a lender could or should know about it, we should at least do our due diligence. Um, we take taken in the context for for just what we were talking about. It's just the seller's representation, but if the if the seller's disclosure says every April and may i'm I'm you know wet, dry vacuuming three inches of water out of the basement, we can't unsee that. it's it's got to be it's got to be uh, uh, addressed. but it's really an effort of the lender doing appropriate due diligence pre-recession. We never asked for those as a rule. Pre-recession, conventional appraisals didn't have interior photos either, and so there's just, uh, you know, the, the message is heard loud and clear. Lenders, you got to be more careful, and so it falls into that category of if we know it's there, if we know it might have some material information, it behooves us to take a look at it.
0: All right. So, in that vein, mm-hmm. you get the pictures back for an appraisal. You've you've already looked at the seller's disclosure statement. Mm-hmm. You get the pictures back from the appraisal. In some of those pictures. Are holes in the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, from whatever that just haven't been patched? Mm-hmm. Let's say the home has a new roof, but the holes in the ceilings haven't been patched. Okay. So that buyer's got work to do. They're fully aware of it. They've seen it. They know what they got on their plate. Mm-hmm. And let's say there's some broken windows maybe the first pane or the inside pane or the outside pane but not both panes sure. are broken so it's still a functional window it's just got a big crack in it mm-hmm. still okay or is or are we getting into now it kind of depends on how much money they're putting down for the loan if they're mm-hmm. doing a 3% down payment Is this an issue versus a twenty percent down payment?
1: Yeah, you know that that's a good point. Logically, that should make a big difference. You know, the lender's got a bigger equity stake. There's less risk. We can, you know, not maybe have our eyes quite as wide open. But the reality is, is that the you know the property has to meet certain standards regardless of that buyer's down payment. Um, And you you do get into uh, you know where are we at on the continuum of things with regard to crossing that line between something being a cosmetic. A uh, flaw versus something that is a bona fide structural or safety or soundness defect. So speaking to things like what you were mentioning, if you have a cracked window pane, that's probably going to be left alone um it's not you know that the, the window itself is not going to fall out of the frame because of a because of a fracture like that the holes in the ceiling you you've got a different issue um you know now we're talking structural things you're certainly talking about marketable uh impact on those kind of things and so lenders have to make a decision it's not always black and white but uh, uh I, I guess the the, the bottom line uh, going back to your 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 question is that if things are visible in the photos and they are irregular or or unorthodox, lenders obligated to call them out and at a minimum, maybe get some further explanation or further documentation as to what's going on. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's not. Black and white.
1: No, no, no. And, and you know, interesting thing, John, you know, people used to say, well, we can't take this property FHA because there's water in the basement. Well, you can't take it really with any financing except <laughs> renovation financing. And it's not a, uh, you know, th- th- there was a mindset, I think, for a while that FHA was requiring, you know, properties with very, very few repairs and conventional just turned a blind eye. And that's not the case. It's got it's got to be adequate collateral for the loan.
0: Okay. So let's take this a little further along. And we get through the inspection. Mm -hmm. The buyer and seller have agreed to repairs. Mm -hmm. And it's in the form of a credit. So obviously, the lender has to see it Mm -hmm. because they need to have it on the closing disclosure for closing Mm -hmm. for, for uh, what you have to what you have to disclose to the, both sides. How much information should be on that addendum before it becomes a red flag for the lender and they put the brakes on and say,
1: whoa, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: whoa, this needs to be done before we fund this loan. Right,
1: right. right. Well, let, let's let's deal with the elephant in the room, shall we? So, an inspection is done. And an addendum comes to us that says uh, buyer is satisfied with the inspection. Seller agrees to provide a two thousand dollars credit towards closing costs at the time of closing. And those are factual statements, and we can move on based just on that. And not uh, a red
0: flag for a lender. It, it, at this it is point. not a red flag. It okay. really isn't.
1: However, if if the same flow happens and the addendum says uh, buyer is satisfied with the inspection, however the seller must credit $2,000 to take care of the cracked heat exchanger, uh, the mold that's in the corner, <laughs> the, uh, the, the leaky pipes under the sink, then the lender has to say, you know what, we can't unsee this. Now we've got to know that these material defects are taken care of. It's irresponsible for us to turn a blind eye on it. And so you know, we never want to do anything that is fraudulent. But by the same token, uh, we need to be mindful as to, as to what's on the addendum, because we've got to complete that circle. If there's a defect before we close that loan. We got to know the defect is is taken care of. If somebody is simply asking for $2,000 to cover their costs, then we acknowledge that and we move on.
0: Talk a little bit about some of the things you can do to get around some issues. Mm -hmm. For instance, you and I had a deal several years ago. Mm -hmm. The front door, the frame was basically It was – there was basically nothing left holding this door open except pins and needles. And talk about escrow accounts and Mm -hmm. how those might be a workaround for something that a seller isn't going to fix
1: before closing but – we can still go ahead and close. Right, right, right. So the best thing that can happen is that both sides are in agreement as to what the cure is. Um, when when you have a situation like that and the seller says, well, I, I, could, I, I acknowledge the defect, I'm willing to take care of it, but my money's tied up in the home, uh, it needs to happen after the fact. Uh, and then to your point, an escrow is set up and that money is set off to the side, the repair is done after uh, the closing. Uh, lenders are not... Uh, uh, are not happy about doing that. I'll just put it that way. And uh, there, there's a couple situations. If this is an FHA finance transaction and, for instance, repairs can't be done because of a weather-related delay, maybe it can't paint their poor concrete because it's, it's January and it's exterior work, money can legitimately put outside for that. But short of that, Escrows are, are generally only going to be allowed if you have something that that falls into that category of a cosmetic, agreeable repair. Um, a circumstance like that that could be a tough escrow to get get passed because it, it speaks to the structural integrity of the home. Um, uh, but if it's a uh, uh, oh gosh, an agreement to repair to replace a worn countertop or something like that, if it's a if it's a quick repair, where that escrow can can uh, can can disperse quickly after the closing for the repair. Many lenders will encourage that, but uh, it becomes risky because, you know, if you have a default on a loan and there's repairs that didn't get done, then the lender has to take care of those repairs before they can, they can sell that property through the foreclosure process. So they're, they're not quick to do the escrows. We're not quick to do the escrows.
0: Correct. But you did do it in that instance. We did do it, yeah. And work got done.
1: Yeah, and you know, I would say in that case, you know, it was probably determined that that was cosmetic in nature, uh, and no harm, no foul. It all depends on how bad it is. But um, you know, it's a lender decision on that kind of a thing.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see a point where a lender is going to require a buyer copy of a buyer's inspection report? And is
1: it already happening? We have not experienced that. you know, there there's uh, inspectors are not licensed, right? Anyone can do an inspection, and um, you know what what's coming out of that inspection is not something that is is governed or mandated or anything like that. Now, if there's a known defect and or, or a perceived defect, and there's data on the inspection that can can validate that it's really not a defect or or, or it's it's not a severe thing, then the inspection can help the uh, uh, can help keep the process moving forward, but. Um, you know, I, I, I really you – know, when, when you get into inspections, you're talking about quality. When you're, you're talking about appraisals, you're talking about quantitative things and, and minimum property standards. Um, I would say that's probably a, a, a section of the transaction that we as lenders are best left out of that. Have you run into lenders that are requiring them?
0: I have had a few lenders wow. who have said to the buyers, my buyers – we would like a copy of your inspection report. And Mm. so we've done the inspection. They get the report and they're saying, okay, John, so blah, 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 blah. And we're going to do this and we're going to ask the seller for this. And then I'm going to upload it and send it to my lender. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, do not give that report to your lender. They didn't pay for it. It's yours. They don't need to see a copy of it. Mm -hmm. That's for you and you alone. So a lot of these, some of not a lot, some of these lenders mm-hmm. are just trying to say, "Hey, we'd love to see a copy of it just for our yeah. file, if you don't mind. No harm, no foul." But oh yeah, they're looking for something. Yeah. So yeah. that's a
1: shame. You yeah. know that that that's outside of our purview. I would argue as a lender,
0: I would argue that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree yeah, with yeah. you.
1: And good for you for fighting on behalf of the buyer to say, you know what, tap the brakes on that. Look. Purchases
0: are hard enough. Why do you want to add more turbulence to a purchase when it doesn't need <laughs> yeah. to be there? Uh, one last thing I wanted to just uh, cover real quick. So you mentioned uh, things that are known defects. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain areas of southeastern Michigan that have more incidences of radon than yeah. others. You see a, foresee a day coming in the near future where – Lenders may say, oh, that's – in this community, we're going to require a radon test and we want to see the results of that before we move forward. Do you foresee something like that happening? Or let's use arsenic in Mm -hmm. well water in certain areas of Macomb County. It's more common than not Mm -hmm. uh, and, and in Oakland County. So do you foresee
1: anything like that coming down the pipe? Uh, th- this is Tony talking. I'm not. Uh, this is just my opinion, and not uh, speaking on behalf of the industry or anything. But I-, I would say localize that. Yes, that absolutely can happen, and and our industry ebbs and flows with that sort of thing. And I'll give you an example when when the when the terribly unfortunate situation happened in Flint. Uh, where their water supply was compromised when the source was changed, uh, then as lenders, we needed to require water tests on those properties where we would otherwise not know, uh, that there was a problem. So, um, uh, you know, if there, if there's a known issue and it can affect marketability or safety of homes, we're, we're going to, um, uh, we're going to uh, need to take a look at that, and so if there's if there's a ramp up in incidences where there's radon evidence or or arsenic in, in water, then yeah, it's the prudent thing to do. Where we would be uh, we would be testing for that.
0: Now that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, buyers don't give your inspection
1: report to the lenders. <laughs> no, don't, we don't do want it. That. <laughs> no. We have plenty to review. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. If you would be so kind to subscribe to our podcast, review, and rate it, we would appreciate that. Please share it with your friends, family, and coworkers that they can find us on iTunes Store, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.